Welcome to Nice Ashes. I'm Mike. And I'm Nate. What are we smoking today, Nate? We are smoking a Nub Connecticut. Yes. And uh, it does have a bit of a peppery uh, spice to the wrapper, which is quite nice at the beginning. Uh, But we're going to light up now, and we'll get rolling. I uh, have high expectations for this. I thought we talked about having low expectations for everything we smoke. (laughs) We did. Usually it's a setup for failure. This will be uh, to solidify whether or not Mike is becoming a Connecticut person. Yes, that's why I'm excited. That is why. So what are we going to talk about today, Nate? All right. Uh, so with the, there are some recent recent news that hit home for Mike and myself. Uh, there was uh, just came out <clears throat> that the uh, federal federal government charged 47 people in Minnesota with conspiracy and other counts uh, in what was a massive scheme that took advantage of the COVID-19 pandemic to steal $250 million from a federal program that provides meals to low-income children. And so this uh, nonprofit is called Feeding Our Future. And apparently there were 47 people that were taking this money and buying luxury cars and jewelry and property and other things that uh, kids cannot eat. Well, they were feeding their future, in a manner of speaking. That's true, and I suppose they're ensuring that prison guards stay uh, stay employed uh, well, now sure. that they're now that they're being being charged. <laughs> um, so I had never really heard of feud food for feud food or I'm sorry, feeding our future. <laughs> I've never heard of that either. Uh, but I don't really travel in the nonprofit uh, circles except for the brief uh, brief five years when I worked for one, uh, not this one that we're talking about. No. That one also has some interesting uh, background story. <laughs> yeah, so I used to work for the Boy Scouts of America, and uh, they recently changed some things, but I had taken issue with you know kind of a lot of their positions on a lot of things for a long time, so... Not necessarily what we're talking about this this episode, unless they show up on this list. Because with this nonprofit getting slapped so close to home, we thought, well, what other nonprofits are out there that are corrupt? And I remember hearing about uh, certain people saying, you know, this nonprofit that's supposed to help, <clears throat> let's say, cancer research, maybe doesn't actually send that much money to cancer research. And so on and so forth. So I just typed in corrupt nonprofits and clicked on the first one, which brought us to this website that looks super legit called Top Tens with a Z, of course. Mm-hmm. And it's a .net, so it has to be true. Uh, but it was updated in 2019. So we will see. Um, we're just going to kind of go through go through here and see what their criteria is, and uh, if we have any insight on any of these nonprofits, um, we'll find out. And if the, if the nonprofits we want to talk about aren't actually on this list, then we'll talk about them anyway. Yes. But at, the, at the start, we should say that neither Mike nor I are uh, in any way related to the legal. Uh, we're not lawyers. We're not doctors. Anything we say here should not imply guilt. Uh, we have not thoroughly fact-checked any of this stuff. 
Uh, this is an entertainment podcast. Uh, please don't draw any conclusions from this. That would get Mike or myself in trouble. Yes. Yes, yes. Uh, you sent me an article, uh, was it last week, about the churches. And the churches are churches are, are notoriously corrupt. All oh, yes. Yes. All, not, no, I shouldn't say all of them. That's a really wide sweep. 99% the of them. Is notoriously corrupt. Yeah, and that one was specifically focused around the Catholic Church because they didn't want to have to follow the mandatory reporting for uh, child yes uh, abuse reporting abuse reporting crimes. Let's put it that way. The Mormons and uh, Jehovah's Witnesses were also implicated in that one. Yes. And as we know, a lot of Protestants are, are actually Catholic light. So despite the fact that they think they're Protestant, they're really kind of the same. Yes. In a lot of cases. That's not true of all of all of them for sure, but right. well, there are some that are closer to the Catholic Church than they would lead you to believe. Sure. Nothing beats the corruption of a televangelist. I don't know if any televangelist is not corrupt. I, I would have well, a, let's, I, I, you know, let's, I don't know. let's dive into that really quick because uh, Sarah and I watched The Eyes of Tammy Faye, mm-hmm. which is not the documentary. There's also a documentary about her, and she was the wife of Jim Baker. Jim Baker. And she actually broke away from him, and she was one of the first televangelists to embrace and actually physically embrace and touch a person with AIDS on TV. And from what I hear is he was super corrupt, but she broke away from that and started doing good with her her personality. And a lot of people kind of make fun of her for her look, uh, which is ridiculous, but it's her choice and, and what she wants to do. And from everything I've read about her, she seemed to be very open and loving. So... Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I mean, she, that was, she was not at all involved with embezzling money like Jim Baker. Well, I mean, you can make the argument because, you know, if you're married, you know, that's kind of the legal thing, right? Is like, how could you not know your spouse was doing this or or whatever? And, and it was a different era, too. So the women weren't typically as involved in a lot of the business dealings. Um, but that's not for me to decide whether she was or wasn't corrupt. Um, right. You know, Jim Baker's maybe, still out there shilling oh, all yeah. his buckets on TV. I mean, maybe maybe she was corrupt and she's repented now and is doing good. Um, I don't know. I think and she's course, dead. Could be, isn't she? All I all I know is I watched the fictionalized version of her life and not the true one. I did a little bit of research after that, and uh, it seemed to me she was a pretty stand up kind of person. But sure. Was Again, that's just a, the Tammy Faye Baker Foundation. Could be, um, but that was just the cursory kind of surface level deep dive that I did. That wasn't all that deep or a dive. Sure, but sure, she's sure. probably the least corrupt of all the televangelists. If you separate her <laughs> from her husband or ex-husband, so <laughs> yes, that's but hilarious. you know, like Jimmy Carter. Is probably the least corrupt of all the presidents. Possibly. In recent time, anyway, we'll say. Because um, he still goes and helps with, I think, Habitat for Humanity and builds homes and things. Sure. That doesn't mean he wasn't part of a corrupt office, but... 
Right. That doesn't mean he wasn't corrupt. He just wasn't as corrupt as the other guys. Yeah, it wasn't so. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't a way of life for him, uh, like right. it is for so many of these other politicians. Uh, but this is a top ten countdown of the nonprofits that are corrupt, and it's got a little bit of information about like uh, uh, fans. No, not fans. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, fines. Fines. Uh, I just I saw this this nonprofit, and I guess I was thinking of OnlyFans or something. Um, so number ten. Unless you can guess, Mike, on this top tens dot net uh, top ten nonprofit I, organizations. I have no idea. Okay, the American Association of State Troopers. Interesting. Um, and I don't know what criteria they're kind of judging this by. Maybe we'll find out as we go along. But uh, you can certainly go and, and Google this or uh, Duck Duck Go It, uh, which is what I did, or Brave It. However, you like to uh, keep yourself safe online. Uh, but this one says, uh, the mission statement, it was formed to provide benefits for troopers as well as their families. Uh, from 2004 to 2011, they raised $45 million and spent less than $4 million on member benefits. Uh, also, it says that they've been fined five times by regulators and paid out $300,000 in fines. So, well, that's a good profit margin. Yeah, I mean, taking in forty-five million and only having to pay out four—that's pretty good. Oh, four plus the three hundred thousand. Well, yeah, but with the remaining forty-one, I mean, three hundred thousand's a drop in the bucket, right? Right. That's not bad. Yeah, and they're a nonprofit; they don't have to pay taxes. So, and this is number and this is number ten. So, it's only going to get better from here. I mean, worse, yeah, uh, depending on how you're looking at it. All right. It's inspiration. Yeah, so uh, you too can start a nonprofit and uh, fleece everyone. <laughs> We're not telling you to do that. We're just saying it apparently is not that hard to do. Uh, number nine, Cancer Fund of America. So there... is of America going to be the uh, the theme? No, nope. is it going to be blah 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 of America every time? No, I think it's just these two, and then we're going to get into some other stuff. Uh, so the Cancer Fund claims to be on the front lines of the fight against cancer. Uh, however, the Cancer Fund of America does not spend a dime to fund research or pay for cancer treatment of victims and their families that are struggling to survive. So instead what they do is they collect donated goods, uh, including shampoo, DVDs, and air fresheners, which they ship to dying patients uh, who have lost everything in attempt to pay for the treatment because... We're in some kind of corporate-driven medical hellscape here. Um, yes. So over, uh, according to the IRS records, according to this website, is the caveat, uh, over the last decade, the fundraisers have collected over $98 million in donations, while patients have gotten less than $1 million in direct cash aid. That's very clever. And uh, I, guess, I guess there's some documents that show that the founder and at least a dozen other family members earn a total of a million dollars a year in salary from the organization. Oh, that's a pretty good salary. I mean, it's not yeah. outrageous or anything. And it's all to help the, the dying kids. Yes. The broke dying people. Yeah. I mean, you know, I can understand trying to fleece the state troopers because, like, fuck those guys, but... Dying kids. <laughs> Sarah was driving uh, through a detour today. And uh, it was an unannounced detour. 
Yeah. And there was a cop hiding in one of the bushes. Okay. Trying to catch people speeding through the unannounced detour. That's the dumbest. I mean, like, don't treat us like criminals. Right? Right. Yeah, there's not a like single unsolved crime in your jurisdiction. Yeah, you don't have anything better to do. And I'm not I'm not seriously saying, like, fuck all the state troopers. Uh, it's just whenever you look in the rear view mirror, you're never happy to see them. No. But Usually do, it's a bad they day. They do good work and, and they do good things, so I'm not trying to, you know. I mean, I understand, like, they're not dying like kids with cancer. So the kids with cancer one so far is like worse <laughs> for me. But I guess that's right. why the uh, kids with cancer one was number nine. All right. Number eight. I think there's going to be a recurring theme, but not what you thought it was. Okay. Uh, the, the Children's Wish Foundation International. I've heard of them. Now, let's be very clear. This is not the Make-A-Wish Foundation. This okay. Is, this is one that is... Uh, there's several charities that try and mimic the name, you know, like okay. when they put out, um, when they, when like Pixar announces a movie coming out, uh, like their latest one was like uh, Lucky, or it wasn't Pixar, it was uh, John Lasseter who broke away from Pixar, but that's not important. Like when a big, big studio name animated movie is coming out, like Lucky, about a black cat. It wasn't really about the black cat, but that's just on the poster. Mm-hmm. Then you get all these like rip-off CGI animated movies for kids, and it's called like unlucky black cat or something you know they all try and like ride that hype train hoping that somebody's going to mistake their movie for the one that's actually paying for the advertisements sure like lord of the g-string yes or uh llamageddon when armageddon came out uh (laughs) and then 20 years later llamageddon came out to try and ride the publicity Uh, yeah i i i I think that llamageddon is probably a lot more legitimate yes Harry Twatter. I've never actually seen Harry Twatter. Okay, so we're not talking necessarily about <laughs> porn movies. <laughs> we're just talking about like when you go, like if you ever are at the grocery store and you see the you see the red box and you see something that looks like the new Pixar movie coming out, but it very clearly isn't. But the sure. name and like the poster is just close enough that the kids won't notice because most most of them won't read. Um, yes, it looks similar visually, and the parents aren't really paying yeah. attention. Blah 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 blah. blah. And also, H- Harry Twatter. That sounds disgusting. Where Where is that? Where <laughs> can I find that? Um, I never. I, I know that it exists, but I've never seen it. Okay. <laughs> I have seen uh, Lord of the G String though. It was on Skinamax back in the day. All right. Do you, do you recommend that or no? Uh, it's kind of hilarious. I mean, it is funny. Yeah. <laughs> So I guess my, my point was uh, these movies come out before the actual release of the big studio name one, whereas a lot of the pornos come out after because they're a parody of that movie. Right. Yeah. These yeah. are just they're trying to make a movie that sounds similar plot and title wise. Um, so I guess that's what this Children's Wish Foundation International is doing. Oh, OK. But this mis- the mission of the organization is to bring magic, joy and hope to seriously ill children and their families around the world. Uh, but they've gotten apparently in some legal troubles in Connecticut, Georgia, Maine, and Pennsylvania. They spend only about 10% of their funds to help fulfill the wishes of dying children. They've uh, paid out $61.2 million to its solicitors. And I'm not sure if that's like solicitors like a lawyer or if that's uh, people that have won judgments against them. Um, and the founder takes home an annual salary of more than two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. 
That's not that crazy for depending well, not, on the size of the organization. The, I mean, not for the salary, but only paying out ten percent of your funds. That's yeah. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. At least they're not embezzling directly. In uh, yeah, at least they're funds. trying to launder it, right? Right. Like make the yeah. effort. Don't just give your family members a million dollar annual salaries. You know, yeah. try it's and like launder Hunter, it. Hunter Biden's Maserati. Right, that's how you that's how you yeah. embezzle properly. Yes. Uh, so number seven <laughs> is Breast Cancer Relief Foundation. Um, we can assume what they want to do. Uh, apparently, the founder uh, had already been accused of diverting too high a percentage of funds to a profit to a for profit solicitor at a previous nonprofit, uh, but he decided to start this one anyway. Uh, according to the IRS, it's been one of the most one of the nation's most wasteful charities. They've raised more than $64 million, and uh, the founder has allowed private companies to keep upwards of 70% of donations. And the Damn. victims of breast cancer that are associated with this uh, receive just over 2% of the total funds raised. 2% is that's charitable, right? <laughs> well, it's probably more than I give to charity, let's put it that way. It's more than the Catholic Church gives away. Yeah, but you're, is that counting what they give to the altar boys or no? I well, that's litigation, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Every inch counts, right? Oh, all right. So, <laughs> so moving on. <laughs> uh, Firefighters Charitable Foundation. Uh, they've raised sixty-four million dollars over a span of nine years. And they claim to provide financial assistance to people who have been affected by a fire or disaster. So less than 10 cents of every dollar goes to victims. So so it doesn't go to firefighters. It goes to people who the firefighters helped by putting their fire out. Yeah. But then also okay. like, you know, soaking their home and possessions and things, which would have burnt anyway. But um, but they pay its for-profit solicitors. So it must be the for I guess the for-profit solicitors, those must be like the companies that they work with to try and help sure. the people. Uh, but 90% of the funds go to those. And they've paid more than $53 million to solicitors. So I guess these last couple all kind of sound the same with like percentages that they keep, I guess. Are, they, they, are, are, are any of them getting in trouble or is that perfectly legal? Uh, well, like I said, some of them, it looked like some of them had legal issues in the past, but I don't know. I don't know if any of these are, they must still be going because the last one about the firefighters charitable said, if you get a call from somebody from that nonprofit, just hang up the phone. Sure. I mean, I don't even answer the phone anymore. So, um, but it is, uh, is election season. And uh, so Sarah got a call at 9.30 at night, and it, it was this number, and it called her, like, multiple times. And it was a Minnesota number, and so she hands me her phone and says, can you answer this? So I answered, and this guy was on the line, and he was like, hey, 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 can I, uh, I'm with uh, so-and-so research or whatever. And so I interrupted him, I'm like, my man, what are you doing? And he's like, what? I'm like, what in the actual fuck are you doing? It's 9.30 at night. Why are you calling? And he goes, well, I'm from the, I'm like, no, man. No, it's nine thirty. Fuck off, and uh, and that was it. You know, and and because uh, Sarah doesn't talk to people like that on the phone, um, but that's like every day at work for me. 
Right. Of course, I'm on mute at work usually, but uh, <laughs> right. Um, you know, it's like, what? Are you, why are you calling at nine thirty at night? Like, that's not that's not okay. That's intense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always screen my calls. I don't yeah. answer. Phone I don't calls answer anything if I don't know them. Um, yeah. So let's do number five, and then we'll do a status check on the cigar. Sounds good to me. Because I don't know. I mean, I know I'm not quite halfway, but these things are so short. Um, it's probably good to get a status check in before we get to where it may uh, do the flavor change. Sure. Uh, so number five is the Children's Cancer Fund of America. So there's another one for your bucket where it ends with of America. Mm-hmm. And one for my bucket where it's Children's Cancer or Cancer. Because apparently the uh, there's a sucker born every minute. And the best suckers have cancer or something. It seems like um, it's a cancer and like patriotism playing off of people's patriotism. Yeah. You know, so people love the police and people love firefighters. So yeah. this one here, it's uh, run by an associate. Children's Cancer Fund is run by an associate of Cancer Fund of America. So apparently there's a, you know, one that doesn't specialize in children. But this is the children's one that we're talking about. And so Rose Perkins, I guess, is the founder of the Children's Cancer Fund, was married twice to James Reynolds. And he was the person responsible, apparently, for transforming the Cancer Fund of America and made large payments to executives and family members instead of helping um, this one. So <clears throat> this, this one, the Children's Cancer Fund, shows that it's raised uh, nearly $38 million and let professional fundraisers keep about 78% uh, of what they've raised. Cancer victims have only received around 300000 per year, and uh, Perkins pays herself more than 200000 while her organization pays out less than a nickel for every dollar earned. So it sounds, it sounds like a lot of these are letting the professional fundraisers keep a lot of the money that they fundraise, and then they pay themselves out a lot, and then whatever's left over, they give sometimes to the people they're supposed to help. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there seems to be a lot of embezzling going on. Yeah. And I'd have to, you know, like, honestly, I'd have to look into how nonprofits uh, kind of function and keep that designation, that tax exempt designation. But it does seem like if you wanted to actually help the people that you're claiming to want to help, you would maybe not let professional fundraisers keep all the money and instead give that money to the people that you want to help. But that's just me. It seems like a good plan, especially if that fundraiser or that professional fundraiser is your wife or something. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So cigar status check, uh, because it'd be nice to have something a little more positive to talk about this episode. <laughs> I am about halfway. I think. Yeah, I think I'm about halfway now. Uh, it's kind of tough to gauge, but um, so far it's been it's been tasty. It's it's, it's uh, tasty. It's been very uh, even. Yes, very even. Uh, it's stronger than you uh, than I was expecting. To That's be what I was gonna say. It's not as light as the wrapper would indicate. Um, no, it's good. It's really good. I like this one. Yes. Um, 
I haven't gotten any hints of sourness. I know some of the other nubs we've smoked, uh, when you get closer to the end, sometimes they get almost like mouth puckeringly sour, but, uh, nothing yet. I mean, we're still a little ways from the end here, so I'm not to the wrapper yet even, but no, I am not. I'm three quarters of an inch from the wrapper. Yeah. I'm about an inch, eh, a little less than an inch from the wrapper. So, uh, yeah, I'm liking this one so far. I don't know. <clears throat> I was trying to think back because we've we've got this one and we've got two other nubs left to smoke. Yes. And so far, I think the Kane F has been my favorite. Yeah, that's and that was a dark one. That one was really good. Yeah, we um, have a Maduro and a double Maduro. I know. Yeah, I saw that when I was digging through my uh, my humidor. Um, did I talk about this last episode? I, all three of my humidors finally have cigars in them now. I, I don't know if we talked about it on the episode. I know you mentioned it to me. Okay, yeah. So that's a good feeling. And all three of my humidors are finally sitting around um, like a really steady humidity. Oh, good. Um, I had, uh, I didn't, so I hadn't put any sticks in the one that I got from my mom's, uh, my mom's second husband who passed um, because it was, reading low and low and I, I cleaned it all out and I re kind of like conditioned it and tried to get it going. And it just, it was sitting, sitting low, like 50% humidity. And, uh, it finally, like I've been tossing some Boveda bags in there and it finally like popped back to where it needs to be. So that's why, that's why I started putting sticks in it again. Excellent. So, I know that it's not on the list, but uh, the two that pop up in my mind were uh, Black Lives Matter, where the people running it were buying mansions for themselves instead okay. of putting it towards whatever they were saying they were going to put the money towards. Yeah. <laughs> well, we don't and know. Then, We've got four to go or five to go, don't we? Yeah, we do. And so, the other one's the NRA. Well, the NRA okay. won't, won't be there, I don't think, and either will. Black Lives Matter because of the age. Uh, the NRA is still in litigation right now. Okay. Well, they're allegedly... not really. I mean, I guess they're non. Are they're a nonprofit? The they're NRA like is, a, yeah. They're like an advocacy group, and these are more like. I feel like these are more like those nonprofits that want to give money to, you know, uh, less well-off people. Sure, they're charitable foundations. Yes, charitable foundations. Um, so, but like I don't know. We'll church. see. Yes. <laughs> the only thing they do is give me, uh, give me less than an ounce of wine on Sunday. Yes. Which yes. actually, like, if you're not Catholic, you can't take communion. They don't really know. Well, they don't know. I'm saying if you want some free wine Sunday and you don't mind sitting through one of the most boring and lengthiest services in the history of services, um, Stop in at your local Catholic church. It's kind of like a workout, though. Yeah, yeah, up, down, up, down. <laughs> All right, so uh, number four is Project Cure out of uh, Brandonton, Florida. Okay. Uh, and they claim this is one of the most eyebrow-raising organizations on their list. So <clears throat> apparently its office is a storage unit. And, Very nice. uh, 
the small office is filled with nothing but plastic bins and unused furniture. It sounds like this this person maybe went and interviewed to work at this nonprofit or something. Uh, but they they've raised nearly sixty five million dollars uh, since nineteen ninety eight to lobby Congress and educate the public about alternative treatments for major diseases like diabetes, cancer, and Alzheimer's. So I don't know what they mean by alternative treatments. It seems like it's probably one of those not televangelists, but the people that are on right after them that say if you stick this uh, crystal in your butt and meditate, you won't have uh, diabetes, cancer, or Alzheimer's. Sure, yeah, the holistic medicine. So... It says it's supposed to be educational and its efforts are basically just websites that quote other websites. So it doesn't have any original content. Uh, he's paid, uh, the founder or president is paid over $200,000 a year and 90% of all donations go to fundraising fees and expenses. So I don't know what the expenses are because it's not office furniture. Hotel rooms and air travel. And, and what, black sofas and cameras? Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. His yeah, jet. And, and, uh, uh, their and, jet. And cleaning fees. <laughs> and cleaning fees, yes. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> All right. Uh, this next one has one heck of a name. Uh, number three on the list. Woman to Woman Breast Cancer Foundation. Okay. That's a uh, heck of a name. It is, because uh, it almost makes it seem like the women will give other women breast cancer. Yeah, I was thinking right? that. Yeah. Um, I don't think they ran that name by anybody before they decided that. Um, it was, it was, uh, they said it might have started as a genuine attempt to help promote breast cancer awareness, but it turned into a money-making operation <clears throat> when, uh, I guess, Jacqueline Gray and her family agreed to pay 90% of its funds to a telemarketing business. After struggling for years to raise money, they met with a consultant who introduced them to a telemarketing firm, and uh, they gave some, them some seed money. Uh, women to women raised 14.5 million over a three-year span, and they only paid out twenty thousand uh, dollars to provide for mammograms and other services. Um, and the family have taken salaries, and they own cars purchased by the organization. Mm-hmm. Now, the ninety percent going to the telemarketing is concerning, but this one has actually paid out. Oh, only twenty thousand. Okay, because some of these other ones paid out like what two hundred or three hundred thousand, <clears throat> but I don't know how expensive a mammogram is. Uh, aren't that, they free? Well, I mean, somebody pays for them somewhere, but not. That's true. You shouldn't have to pay for them out of pocket. I mean, it's almost like the flu shot. You know, you go to Target, they give you the flu shot for free, and you get a five dollar coupon to use in the store. Right. So you actually get paid to get the flu shot if you do it the right way. Other places like. You have to pay maybe like $5 for a flu shot. But you would think like mammograms would be one of those. If you have any kind of insurance at all, it's it's covered. Right. Which there's a lot of people that don't have insurance. That is true. And you would hope that this would be the kind of organization that would be helping pay for that kind of stuff. Right. There's a theme here where a lot of these 
they're just covers for these ad agencies. Yeah. It seems like that'd be uh, that'd be interesting to do like a deep dive and find out the names of these like telemarketing and uh, for profit fundraising groups. Right. I bet you the ad agencies change their name quite often. Yeah, you should be able to see who incorporated it, though, or who, um, you know, might start seeing some common names. Like maybe it's, uh, you know, Richard Jones, and then it's Robert Jones, and then it's Bill Jones. You know, like they've all got the same last name, but it's him and his brothers or whoever. Um, all right, so uh, I'm looking here at number two and number one, and the one I was hoping that they'd talk about isn't on here. Oh, but we might have we'll have to do a little little more digging. But both of them, both number number two and number one, hit what we talked about. So they're checking all the boxes. Exciting. Number two, National Veterans Service Fund. Very nice. Very nice. Yes. Uh, so their idea is that war does not end on the battlefield. And apparently it doesn't end with them either. Uh, their mission is to educate and inform the public about the needs for veterans and their families. And they also claim to help provide assistance, relief, and referrals to appropriate agencies. Um, they have more than 80% of their funds going to solicitors, which I guess are the for-profit fundraising groups. And, okay. You know, like that would be that would be something I'd be into if I could go and be a for-profit fundraiser, and I get to keep eighty percent of what I what I bring in. Oh, that'd be a great gig, right? Um, a lot of professional salespeople don't make don't make eighty percent of the business they bring in to a to a company. Right. Um, and they use uh, veterans as a ploy to fulfill an agenda that has little to do. So they don't have a whole lot of information on like what the family pays themselves or the, you know, the owners or founders. But uh, again, it's hitting the veterans. Uh, a lot of things that the average American is probably passionate about helping kids and helping veterans or, you know, service people, not like service people in the restaurants, but, you know, no, nobody gets in fuck fire. About them. <laughs> our our generation does, but like the older generations typically don't. No, no, uh, they were heroes, and then uh, you know a lot of them asked for increased pay, and now they're villains again. Yeah. So <laughs> they were essential. They were essential. And now they're a not pain in the ass. Yes. How dare they want to get paid? How dare they now. cut off my Manhattans? <laughs> I don't know if right. I've ever had a Manhattan. I don't know if I have either. I'm sure I've had one somewhere, but uh when we were in New York we were gonna try and drink Manhattans in Manhattan, but it never came to be, mostly because the the drinking we talked about the drinking in the bars over there in the city is just kinda weird. Why but, is that? Well we talked about it on one of our episodes, but uh they don't have a whole lot of beer on tap. Not that you need beer to make a Manhattan, but, you know, it was hot, and so we just wanted, like, a beer. And then we just didn't really feel that they, you know, if you don't have a bar with taps, I don't really know if I trust you to make a mixed drink, you know? Sure. Well, beer has calories, and that's not good. 
I like them. I like calories and beer. That's uh, so the number one most corrupt on here is the Kids Wish Network. And so this is the second one that sounds a lot like the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Yes, yes it is. Um, so this nonprofit raises millions of dollars every year in donations in the name of dying children and their, and their families. Uh, but they spend about three cents on the dollar helping kids. Well, it's higher than some of the others. Yeah. Uh, so they funnel money to the charities operators and the for-profit companies it uses to get all these donations. And so it says what makes it so tragic is the vast amount of funds at its disposal. In the past decade alone, they've, uh, channeled nearly $110 million into its corporate solicitors that were raised to help sick children. And uh, it's not that figure is not including the $4.8 million that has gone to pay the charity's founder and his own consulting firms. So it sounds like this one set it up and then set up some consulting firms so that he could pay himself out of the nonprofit. <laughs> and probably write that work off on his other corporate taxes because he's, you know, giving them a huge discount for his tax purposes or something. Sure. <laughs> like I said, I don't know how it works. I'm not a CPA. I'm not a, a lawyer. But the one I was thinking about was the, uh, let's see if I can find it here, if I can remember the, the name. The bishop uh, in North Dakota lives right on the edge of downtown Fargo. And I uh, used to live in that area, so I walked past that house all the time. And at that time, that guy had a G-Wagon as a vehicle. Okay. Isn't that incredible that uh, a man of God needs a $300,000 SUV to roll around Fargo? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was great. <laughs> In a mansion also, by the way. Because well, why, why not? not? Yeah. How else could that guy be a bishop unless he had a mansion? And a G-Wagon. And a G-Wagon. Because the G stands for God, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what God would drive. Yeah. Uh, that's what Jesus drove in the New Testament, if you read it carefully enough. Yeah, he, he came, to down in, came to town in a G-Wagon, pulling two donkeys. Yes. And three <laughs> wise men, rich men. I don't know. Uh, so the one I was thinking of was Susan G. Komen, the breast cancer mm. uh, awareness but apparently it's not necessarily corrupt. I'm reading an opinion column from uh, the Appalachian online, uh, dot com, And so they're saying that there's not, nothing incredibly wrong, uh, but it doesn't, uh, they say it's not the best place if you want to help breast cancer uh, to donate money. They basically, I guess Susan G. Komen basically spends a large sum of money each year filing legal trademark oppositions against other breast cancer charities. So when you donate to them, you're basically helping their legal team <clears throat> file trademark infringements against other breast cancer charities. Oh, that's cool. So, uh, and they only devote about 20.9% uh, of its donations to breast cancer. Which, I mean, that's double a lot of the ones that we just read about. Oh, it's, it's uh, 10 times more than some of them. Yeah. So it's not totally corrupt. 
That's true. And then I guess it says they'll put uh, lives of women at risk purely to make political statements. So it sounds like either one of the two major political parties um, here. But I guess they pulled they pulled all their their grants for breast cancer screenings to Planned Parenthood. So uh, there goes a bunch of mammograms, I guess, that uh, people can't get get to. Interesting. And I guess their or their organization wants to make people aware of breast cancer, and not so much help breast cancer. So, okay, interesting. So basically, it says it's not an outright scam, but they end up spending a lot of their money on on the legal. You know, they're not just sending cease and desist letters; they're actually taking these these other charities to court for trademark infringement. Interesting. Which I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Uh, so anyway, that's a whole list of, of them. I don't know what I would do, I guess, you know, if you're thinking about contributing or if you are contributing to a nonprofit, a quick, all of their records should be public knowledge, uh, if you dig enough. So do your research and make sure that they're not, uh, yeah, not this using is, it, information is publicly available, you know? Uh, I just looked it up. The Shriners give 80% to the hospital system. Okay. St. Jude's gives 90% to the hospital system. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of stuff. I'm surprised the Shriners are so low, to be honest with you. Yeah. I figured they'd be higher. Well, they got to pay for the, the really tiny gas for their tiny cars they use in parades. (laughs) There is that. (laughs) <laughs> and and I don't want to know what it costs for them to have liability insurance on those things. Um, you know, so there's some, there's some of that too. And, right. You know, so I guess right. like just, I, I didn't know coming into this uh, because we just kind of like went through it on air with, with you guys, you, the listener, but I wasn't sure I was expecting, I guess, like I understand for a nonprofit, you have to pay the people that are working for you. And then there's probably, you know, like other things like, uh, you know, if you need office space or, uh, you know, mailings and things. And so I guess like in my head, I was like, I don't know, like 50% is probably like the bare minimum that you would give away. Right. Um, But I I think now having looked at this and and knowing what like the Shriners and St. Jude's does, like 50% is probably low enough to be like raise an eyebrow. Like I want you to be giving away more than more than half of what you're bringing in. <laughs> Otherwise you're not really like living your values or your mission statement. Right. I can't believe that. I mean, I don't, I'm not a big fan of charity in general. I think it's ridiculous. We pay so much money in taxes. We shouldn't have issues that charities pay for it, as far as I'm concerned, especially veterans, this and, Hospital oh, yeah, system, yeah. Man. I mean, we pay so much in taxes. It's insane. You're not opposed to helping people that need help. You're opposed no. to people making charities like their full-time, not just full-time job, making it their full-time like way of life and how to fund their mansions and yachts and vacations. Right. But I, say, I agree. <laughs> like we, we pay so much in taxes that we should have a lot of these things are already in place. And then if there's any yes. gaps from that, that's where some of these charities could be 
helping to fill in the gaps or, you know, maybe the federal charity program is too stringent on a certain, <clears throat> I don't know, certain whatever. I mean, it all depends what it is, but, you know, maybe there's something that needs additional stuff beyond what the government can provide. And that's where some of these other ones could step up and fill in the gaps, but it shouldn't, they shouldn't be, you know, billion dollar business entities. Right. If they're not giving that much money away. It's, it's asinine in the extreme, especially because you can write that off on your taxes. Yeah. You know, like, no, 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 no. Pay your taxes. And then we won't have to have a charity that gives uh, shoes to needy children. Right. Like the government should be doing that. Yeah. Um, because as much as people like to attack government agencies, there's not as much corruption in a government agency as there is in a nonprofit organization. Yeah, apparently <laughs> I mean, not. Uh, I mean, until well, you get up to the highest levels of government, but. Well, I mean, those people are paid for, they're, they're elected officials that are paid for by the corporations. So. Yeah. Not a lot you can do about that. Like your average mid-level bureaucrat is not embezzling. You mean the corporate peoples? Yeah, yeah. The corporate people. The important people. The real voters. <laughs> the real constituents. <laughs> so yeah, I guess uh, I guess this was kind of a little bit of a depressing, depressing episode. <laughs> it was. This cigar has not changed. I have about an inch and a half left. Yeah, this one is uh, stayed really consistent. Yeah, and it's good. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad at all. Not uh, not too shabby. So now that we're hopefully done with that depressing thing, let's talk about something that's really depressing. <laughs> all right. So the student debt relief thing is not going to happen. Not in the way. Oh, it won't happen at all. Oh, I'm, I'm certain of that. But as of right now, they're talking about only government loans or government back loans are going to have the $10,000 uh, okay. uh, forgiveness thing going on. And uh, we knew this backpedal was going to happen. Right? Yeah. We, we, everybody in their right mind could see that coming. Joe Biden is not going to make a abrupt change at 80 years old. Uh, it's just not happening. <laughs> so uh, I do find it humorous uh, that people really, like I was optimistic, but I wasn't particularly hopeful. But I do find it humorous that people really believed that the Democrats were going to do something for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they can't even pass a law that would legalize contraception federally. How are they going to do something as radical as pay off student debt? You know? Yeah. And I feel there's more people that are angry about student debt potentially being forgiven uh, than there are people angry about contraceptives. Which is weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, I, there aren't that many people out there that want contraceptives banned. I'm guessing. I know the numbers are like 2% according to the polls, which who knows how accurate those polls are that I've looked at. Yeah. Um, but it's got to be a really low number. 
<laughs> yeah, I would think. But nobody has any issues with us giving all this money and weapons and stuff to Ukraine. Well, not nobody. I have an issue with it, but certainly none of our elected officials. Yeah. I mean, I have an issue with it as well, which is why I brought it up. But Right. Yeah, it's you know, but it's it's interesting that that's the stuff that happens. You know, that's just happening. Our government just decides to do that. And uh and there wasn't really any any discourse public or, you know, like the media never reported on it really. They just said, "Hey, we've hey, good news everyone. We've uh voted to give another however many million or billion to Ukraine." And then everybody feels good about themselves, pats themselves on the back, and uh goes back and, and does their life. But you talk about helping a, a vast segment of the population get out from this these predatory loans uh, that they call student loans and and compounding, you know, everything. And you're paying back double or triple, sometimes more than what you took out. And uh, and then people get get all uh, bent out of shape. Oh, I, I love the argument that, oh, those, those uh, 18, 19-year-olds were adults and they knew what they were doing and it's their fault. But in the same breath, those same people are like, oh, yeah, you know, you have to be 21 to smoke a cigarette and you have to be 21 to drink a beer. Yeah, and you have to be 27 and married to have sex. <laughs> yes, and we can't make the military recruiting age 21. Because they'd never get anybody. Yeah. So you got <laughs> that real, you got that that real they, short window when you're eight, you know, between eighteen and twenty-one when you're like just too stupid. Yeah, in a lot of ways, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what they're saying. I know my dad uh, always said that if they had to recruit thirty-year-olds, the military would cease to exist. Yeah. You know. <laughs> You have to you have to have eighteen year olds and not twenty five year olds. You have to. Yep. <laughs> so it's very interesting. Uh, and I know that the pressure is still on now to get these kids to go to college and spend lots of money. Oh and yeah. And it was that way fifteen years ago, it was that way for sure. Yeah, and for a long time, you didn't even really need a GED to get a job. But now, you know, and then for a long time, it was a high school diploma. And then more recently, it was if you don't have a, a bachelor's degree. And a lot of places don't even care what your degree is in. It could be in, uh, you know, holistic medicine. And it doesn't matter. As long as you have the four-year degree, they don't care what it is. You know, they don't care what you majored in. So... If that doesn't right. scream, you know, crazy scam to anybody else. Oh, that, and it's not like a four-year degree gets you that great of a job. No. Really, you know. But it opens up a lot of jobs. I mean, it, do, I mean, it, it, it does only because, the, only because the companies have that requirement. Yes. But the entry-level jobs are not paying enough to pay your debts. Well, no. And even the non-entry-level jobs in a lot of times aren't, you know? Right. You, you see all these things online where there's this one and it said you need to have, uh, you know, five years experience in this programming language. And the guy was applying for this job. And they were like, well, you don't have five years experience. He goes, that's because I, I, I invented this coding language three years ago. 
Like it, you, nobody can have five years experience in it. It's only three years old, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, it, and that's like, just, that's <clears throat> just the corporate, corporate, like hiring requirements. Like, you know, I, I, have you seen those memes where it's like the kids, like the six year olds are on a field trip at like a factory plant and they're all wearing the hard hats. And the caption is something like when that job application says you need, you know, 10 years experience for an entry level position. <laughs> Yep. That's great. <laughs> no, I think it's it's a shame. I, I've been looking at a lot of job applications and it's like even sixty grand a year is not enough to pay your student loan debt off. In the mod like if you're no. twenty years old or twenty five years old, let's say, and yeah. you have seventy thousand dollars worth of loans for your forty year degree. Yeah. You're not gonna make enough to pay your debt ever. No, man. You were gonna not. die with debt. Uh, certainly you're going to die with debt. And it doesn't seem like a good deal to me, you know, no. to have a $600 bill every month for the rest of your fucking life. Yeah. And a lot of times it's not 600, it's 600 for the first however many years. And then it like graduates up. Sure. So I mean, it all depends on what kind of loan and what terms you got, but a lot of them start small and ramp up. So they could be, who knows? Any number, really. Sure. So any gain you get is, is taken away. Yeah. And there's really no recourse to, to change the terms or to, you know, modify it much beyond what, what you signed up for when you were, get this, 18 and everybody was promising that you'd have a six-figure job after five years, you know, in the in your field. So. Right. Well, in certain fields, well, we talked about it incessantly, school teachers are never going to pay their loans off. Yeah. It'll just never happen. Or God forbid you leave your field to do something else. Yep. You know, which the health insurance system is another scam to keep you where you're at too. Yep. Because you can't really be without health insurance for very long. That's for sure. That is true. Yes. Even if you're young, you can't. I'm now old enough to where I, I pretty much wouldn't take a job without health insurance. Yeah. Uh, period. <laughs> Of course, I've had health insurance by my uh, employers for a long time now. So, yeah, no, who knows what that's like. Well, I just put mine out because it was starting to get a little sour. Mm. And I didn't feel like uh, smoking it anymore since I've uh, had that experience with some of the other nubs. So <laughs> I let mine rest a little and it's it's fine. It's not yeah, great anymore. I, I, you know, I've I've been letting mine rest because I've been doing a lot of the reading off the off the internet there, and mm-hmm. um, it just towards the end it just started getting kind of that sour, a little bit of that sour hint again. So, mine's mine's now I have uh, an inch and a quarter maybe, and yeah. it's it's sour. I'm putting mine down. Yeah, and uh, I did let it sit and re re puffed it up, and it yeah. was yeah, it was all right. Yeah. Uh, but the first half, first three quarters, maybe was, uh, was pretty good. First three quarters. That seems to be the trend. Yep. Uh, so far. Yeah. But yeah, so it's good. Yeah. This one's pretty good. <clears throat> it started out a lot stronger and it kind of mellowed out, um, over time. It did. It wasn't incredible by any no. means. Um, that F cane or whatever the cane F was, yep. was much better. That one was a lot better. Uh, the Cameroon was better, I thought. 
yeah, I like the I like the Cameroon. So, yeah. So I guess uh, check your nonprofits if you're donating to any charities, and uh, join us next episode for the Nub Maduro. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. Thank you.